Hi, welcome to Reverse Sequels. This is Patrick, and with me, as always, is... Ellie! And today's podcast is Death Race 2, Part 2. We're talking about the original 2008 Death Race. That's right. The original 2008 Death Race stars Jason Statham is about a character named Jensen Ames and how he's unjustly thrown in prison and has to seek his freedom. Through death racing. Yes, but he didn't even seem to care that much. (laughs) So I don't know if he's seeking his freedom. The thing that got me is this is indeed the original movie and the second one we saw was indeed the prequel. Right. We sort of hinted at that in the last episode. Like, oh, could it be a prequel? But we didn't stick with our guns on it. Oh, I see what you did there. (laughs) Stick with our car guns. (laughs) It's hard to capture what this one is about because it's weird that we watched it in reverse. And I think why I keep getting tripped up is the sequel was a prequel, but we started with that one and then went backwards. Right, yeah. Has that ever happened? We act, we sort of actually watched it in the correct order. And I, for some reason, <laughs> I'm us off. more messed up. Also, I mean, I think it's weird because there's like a whole bunch of other sequels that all star the guy from the prequel. So, like, where do they go? Is Are we supposed to believe that there's, like, eight prequels that all lead up to this movie? But do you have to watch them all backwards? Is that <laughs> how know. that works? I'm never watching another one again, so I don't know, but it's, I know. it is real weird that that one was a prequel. This franchise is hard to watch, I find. I will say that... There are lots of little plot points that keep the story going. And I feel like the whole script for this movie, I feel like there wasn't a script. It's just one-liners. So I have a question for you. Do you think that we could write a movie 10 pages long? It's just (laughs) one-liners said by different characters at different points. Maybe. I mean, that that would be a... The gruff, like, hold on to your seats. Like, main (laughs) character. We got the girl who's like... Mm, that was felt good or whatever <laughs> after shooting a gun. I feel like that's what this movie is. There were two parts. There was one part that I think was like the whole plot. Okay. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of plot. What was the one part that was the whole plot? It was like the only time anybody spoke two sentences in a row also. <laughs> Frankenstein is so disfigured by crashes, he's forced to wear a mask. And to keep the legend alive, I want you to become Frankenstein. Anybody can be Frankenstein. Right. So so that is the plot. Jason Statham, he goes to prison. He becomes this racer named Frankenstein, who is this famous racer who has actually died. Jason Statham's going to take his place. And luckily, Frankenstein had already won four, so he only has to win one more. But of course, it's all a conspiracy. They're not really going to let him win. Also, they framed him for murder to even get him in prison in the first place. He look at... Before we get to all of this plot, do we want to go over what we got right and what we got wrong? Because that's part yes. of my what I could have never predicted. Okay, sure. Also, I just want to get it over with because I got a lot wrong. <laughs> you sure did. Okay. <laughs> well, the biggest right that we both got is that Jason Statham is in this movie. Yes, Jason Statham 100% is. But- and I also am counting it that there's no September Jones, no Ving Rames, no Danny Trejo, no Sean Bean. We got all the cast right except for one. 
Yeah, right. That was one a big one, but yeah. that actually keeps it, I think, from being right because we were like, "No, this is going to be a concept sequel alone. It's going to have no crossover cast." So you that think that cancels that whole cast? Yeah, I think having one in there ruins it. I got to say something about Jason Statham. Uh, this might be controversial. I didn't think he was good in this movie. No, I and I love Jason Statham. I really thought he was going to save it. We love Jason Statham. As a household and as a podcast. Right. And no, I mean, I just didn't think he was very good. True, he didn't have much to work with. But I just, every line was just grumbled and he never had any emotion. Like, you you totally nailed it where it doesn't seem like he really cares. Like, I thought his daughter was dead until halfway through the movie when they were like, oh, you want to do this for your daughter? What? Your daughter's still out there? Wouldn't you be doing Anything you possibly could to get your freedom? I mean, to be fair, he is death racing. <laughs> yeah, but real reluctantly. And also, he's just, he's not in it. No, he's just, he's got no emotion the whole movie, and he doesn't even get to kick anybody. Right, we didn't, he... That's under wrong, I know. Okay. But I just want to say, like, I was excited for this movie because I was like, it doesn't matter how bad it is. If Jason Statham's in it, it going to kick redeemed. ass. Yeah. No. Now, do you want to? Do you have any more rights before I get into all of oh, my? Oh hell yeah, I did. I got a whole bunch. One takes place in a prison. See the whole basic premise of racing your way to freedom—that there would be cars with guns on them. It would take place in the near future. All right. I also said that his name would not be Carl Lucas. It would be a different character. <laughs> got that right. Um, I also sort of said like, oh, he was going to be like the best racer, and that's why he's in the death race. So that's true. They talk about how he had been a racer at some point. And yeah, that's and that's it. That's all I got. Okay, well, I got everything wrong, including some things that I thought skimmed the surface. I said Jason Statham would be a criminal with a heart of gold. Oh, wait, that was right. I don't think he was even a criminal. They that's... mentioned like that he had a criminal past, but they didn't really say what it was. And he was living a fine life. He had a, right. a blue-collar blue job with yeah. a family. Um I said it would not be in a prison. It would feature street racing. There would be a code of the streets. He would be paying back a family debt. I said there'd be an animal in there somewhere. (laughs) I could have told you that one was going to be wrong. And perhaps a different vehicle, like a motorcycle or helicopter. And here's one for you. What? We also said there'd be a winner and a clear conclusion. That's on my list of wrongs. Well, you just started naming 100 wrongs. You didn't give me a chance to get one in. But do you think... Is that a wrong? Yeah. Okay, there was no winner. No. In both of these movies, there is never a conclusion of the titular death race. No. But I guess... Okay, so here's the thing I wanted to give you a little bit of credit on. This whole, it wouldn't be a prison angle. So this movie is a loose, loose remake of a 1970s movie called Death Race 2000, which I'd heard of. I know it was like a classic. Now... We didn't watch the whole thing, but I wanted to get the flavor, so we watched like the first 10 minutes of it. It was so good. It looked amazing. It was so good. Way better than either of these movies. But in that movie, it's not in a prison. It is a transcontinental... Wait, is that the right word? It's a interstate race. So it is on streets. So I think you were right. Well, if I was predicting Death Race 1978. Well, you said, I mean, you said the original. <laughs> I think uh, I think that's a bit of a stretch. Leeway. The other thing that I want to give us a wrong for is there's no love interest in this movie. Yes, I think that that's right. Although, there is a woman in it. Who sits on his lap. 
I didn't know she was supposed to be the love interest or if she was just a friend. Or is she going to be part of the squad? The other thing in going along with, if we didn't foresee it, it should be a wrong. Yes. How did we not predict dead wife? I know, right? Yeah. Classic. We said there would be something with getting his family back. So we thought maybe kidnapped wife. But no, it was dead wife. But he is trying to get his daughter back, sort of. But I do think that that goes along with the sequel being a prequel. I messed this all up. throwing us off. Threw us off, yeah. And then uh, our biggest rung, we just mentioned it, but Lists is in this movie. There's one actor that is shared between the movies, and it's the random side character Lists. Right, because he has to just... He's the um, exposition of the movie. Right, he's human exposition. Oh, no, no, there is also 14K is in the movie. Okay, so two crossover characters, Lists and 14K. But that kind of messes things up because you're doing the prequel. Lists is on Frankenstein's original team. What happened to Danny Trejo? They never explained where he went. Maybe he got out. But then they Maybe introduced... Maybe he died in prison. No. In a death so race. Sad. I know. He's not a racer. He's one of the mechanics. Well... Oh, but, okay, but then... So Danny Trejo's gone. Now on Lists' team are Gunner and Coach. Oh, let's talk about... And Coach is like... Um, I mean, I want to talk a lot about Coach, for sure. But Coach is like this old, grizzled guy who's been there forever. Where was he in the prequel? He would have still been in the prison. We just never saw him. Right. They really messed up a lot of logic by making the the next one a prequel. Okay, and then, when we are introduced to the death race, like, we come in, the death race has already been happening, Frankenstein has won four races, Machine Gun Joe has won three, so it couldn't have been going on that long. Right? Like, the time between the prequel and this movie, it couldn't be that long, right? How often do they have death races? I thought they had them every Friday or something. Right? Like, they never say it. I don't think they ever say specifically how long it is, but it has to be pretty frequently if it's a TV show and people are dying left and right. Like, every single person has a million kills. And also, 14K looks exactly the same age. So does Lists. (laughs) So it couldn't be that long in between... The prequel and the sequel. Right. But like so much has changed. Well, that's the nature of the prison system in this future <laughs> world. I think making a prequel was dumb. Uh, I want to get into... This movie came out in 2008. As the movie scrolls in the beginning, it says 2012. <laughs> so it's the not too distant future. The U.S. economy collapses. Prisons are out of control. These are the new gladiators... And the public wants more. I think in the last one, we were like, are people clamoring for this? And this one says the public is bloodthirsty. Right. What's funny is in this one, they give us some numbers and the numbers are higher than the last one. Uh, They get up to 50 million viewers at one point. Yeah. So Death Race has taken off. It's very popular. But what kind of world is this where everyone's just cynical and the public is bloodthirsty? Here's a question I have for you. Do you think there are people in this world who would kill or commit crimes just to get on the death race? Oh, that's, see, that's You know, great. it's like American Idol, but like I have to murder right. my way on. Here's the thing. I actually think this is a fantastic concept for a movie. And... I feel like there was so much wasted potential. There was so much they could have done with it. That's a great question. Would people kill just to get on Death Race? That would have been cool. I just wish you would have gotten some indication. Like, I wanted to see something outside the prison. This movie, other than the intro where Jason Statham 
goes to jail is like 100% in the prison. We never see anybody watching this show. We never see anybody commenting on this show. Right, like our kids buying the model cars at Christmas right. time. This movie weirdly takes place at Christmas. Oh, right, it's a Christmas movie. But for what purpose? <laughs> it's to never make it more sad. Brought up. But like even in the 10 minutes we watched of the original Death Race, it already set up the world so much better because you had people in the stands who were fans. You had paparazzi mobbing the drivers because they're famous. You had like news commentators, you had, you know, people like giving the context of this. You had the fact that the president was involved. Like you got so much more story. And in this one, it's like who's watching this and why? And the other thing that gets me is, if I fast forward real quick to the end, if these people, Machine Gun Joe and Frankenstein, escape, only Frankenstein has anonymity. Right, yeah. Wouldn't everybody recognize Machine Gun Joe if right. he was the star of a Which, 50 million viewer show? I'm kind of glad that we did watch the original original because I always thought Machine Gun Joe was a lame name. <laughs> and then to find out that it's a nod to the original makes much more sense. And it's Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, too. So in the original, there's two characters, Machine Gun Joe and there's Frankenstein. And he's just wearing like a black latex mask. I think it's weird... I think it was a misstep to have this idea that Jason Statham would become Frankenstein. Right. To have a star be a masked celebrity just, is one misstep. Right. I just, the whole plot is dumb. One, why would you get a random guy off the street and plug him into the death race? If your star was a guy in a mask and it could be anybody, wouldn't you get somebody who's already in the death race? Like get Colt or whatever. He's already got kills. He's already a NASCAR guy. But he's not popular. Put him in the mask. You know what I mean? Why would you oh. trust a total outsider? What if he sucked at death racing? What if he was like, oh, yeah, I did race cars, but not with guns on them. I don't know how to shoot a gun. Taking a big risk, bringing Jason Statham in. Well, I think what's interesting about this, and again, I do like the concept. I think that you're building a world around a masked character, which is cool because it could be anybody and it's the mystique of the character and the fans already like the character. Right, so, but, but I think that takes all the coolness out of Jason Statham being his own person. Now he's just trying to be this other guy who died in the first five seconds. I think that's dumb. Uh, I feel like the way this movie was executed was... They found a notebook of a seventh grade boy, and they found all his drawings, and they made that into a movie. I feel like it dumbs itself down for the public. Right, and there wasn't a reason to. Like, there was so much potential to be smarter, and it just it appealed to the lowest common denominator at every point. It's also really, like, really homophobic. Like, one of the guys on Frankenstein's crew is talking about how Machine Gun Joe is gay. And it's they're like, oh, but he's the only one that uses a male navigator. And then somebody else is like, oh, that's because he goes through them so fast. Like, they all die when they're racing with yeah. him. And then the guy goes, yeah, through their ass. That's a real line in the movie. Yeah, but this character, it goes with, it's Gunner. And Gunner is a weird character who also, doesn't he have a quote like, yeah, titties. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think he's a... Right, okay, he's an idiot, but still, and nobody rebukes him. Nobody says, like, hey, not cool. Well, this is the gritty streets of 2012. Yeah, I don't know. No, it's, I didn't like it either. Away. And then at the very end, again, to give away the ending, when 
They escape together. Machine Gun Joe, like, has some Hawaiian shirts with him. And Jason Statham makes a little comment, like, oh, this... You must really be gay because you have these two Hawaiian shirts. He said your taste is questionable. Right, but it was like a homophobic yeah. joke. I mean, is Machine Gun Joe gay? I thought he was. I, that's based on what they said. But here's the thing that's so funny is... um. It was a funny sight gag that every single one of his navigators got shot. And by the fourth one, he searched his own body for bullets and there wasn't a single one. <laughs> I mean, that was funny. I was like the it drummer in Spinal Tap. It was funny. It was actually funny. Right. So that was funny on its own. You didn't need a homophobic joke in there. My question about advocacy for navigators. Why are navigators throwaway humans? I don't know. Like, all these prisoners are, but navigators more than anyone. And usually it's a woman. So it's women and gay men are expendable? Yeah, there's a lot of questionable questionable. morals in this movie. Let's get back to the very beginning. Because I want to talk about, like you said, the world outside. So we see this very interesting beginning where a factory is closing. This is a factory Jason Statham works at. Everyone's told they've all lost their jobs. I guess this is because the economy is collapsing. Right. The police arrive, assuming riots, but actually they incite the riot. Yeah, that part was real weird. They never really go back to that. Jason um, Statham gets his last payout in cash. Right, $300 for 120 hours of work. So he, <laughs> he got 250 go- an hour. He goes home to his wife and little girl. And I, I don't understand the filming here. His wife is sautéing onions for dinner. (laughs) Is that all they're having? I thought... (laughs) And they keep showing the onions and smelling the onions and... Right. The onions are like... When the onions get burnt... The onions are a metaphor for something. Yes. So I actually thought like maybe he'd smell burnt onions in the prison and... (laughs) I don't know. It'd be a trigger... There were a lot, there's a lot of focus on these onions. They never come back to the onions, that's true. Uh, but but then when he wakes up, also he passes out, probably from onion fumes. <laughs> <laughs> no, he gets knocked out know, by the assailant. But his wife is dead beside him and he has a bloody knife in his hand. And the police are there. And they're like, you're going to jail now. So, what was the due process? Like, who... Who would do this to him? What was the... I mean, I get, I, I'm willing to suspend disbelief for that. It's the future. Right. The justice system is more corrupt. And they, okay. they're just like, I don't know, he, he had the bloody knife in his hand. The police showed up and saw him there. And then the assailant does a little gun shooting signal. Right. And then they have a flashback to him doing it so that you know, okay, it's going to turn out that... Yeah. We're going to see this guy again. That's how he's going to give himself away. Then we have to go across that long bridge to the prison. Right. What's it called? Penitentiary Island? Something like that. Terminal Island? Terminal Island. Terminal Island. And this is where we see lists. This is where we see Joan Allen with her blonde bob. Right. She's a blonde evil warden who's only out to get ratings. I know. Yeah, it's really weird. So she's not... So in the prequel, we see the creator, and the warden's kind of in the way, but the creator has all the power. In this one, Joan Allen is the warden and is in charge of the show. I like it. So it's weird in the prequel that it very much seems like she created this, and she's in charge, and she's the mastermind. And then in the prequel, they were like, surprise, it was somebody totally different, and Joan Allen is never mentioned. Bad idea to do a prequel. It's just so weird. And then, um, But I kind of love how the evil woman is like this Fox News 
prototype. <laughs> like this blonde, sharp woman. And I, I just, what is Joan Allen doing in this movie? Like, <laughs> Jason Statham's not good. Joan Allen's slumming it. She does the best that which she can. And then we meet Coach, who we talked about. It's Ian McShane yeah. from Deadwood, who I think is a fantastic actor. I yeah. even think he's good in this, like as good as he can be. But what a waste. What a waste to have him in this movie. Well, he, first of all, he's reading the tiniest book I've ever seen. <laughs> which I don't know I why. I like that part. He's got little glasses. You're not allowed book. to have full-size books in prison. <laughs> but just examples of how they use these characters. Jason Statham is put in a mask. Ian McShane has a scene where he blows something up and turns to the camera <laughs> and is like, hell yeah. <laughs> and then Joan Allen has the most insane line in the whole movie. Wait, I think I wrote that down verbatim. Yeah, me too. Is it, fuck with me and we'll see who shits on the sidewalk? Yeah. What does that even mean? What does that mean at all? <laughs> So, like, you have these great actors, and this is how they're being used. Masked, breaking the fourth wall, and these are the kinds of lines they're given. And we'll see who shits on the sidewalk. I'm not going to lie. I've been thinking about that for, like, the last 12 hours. Like, trying to figure out, what does that mean? If you fuck with me, then we'll see, like, is shitting on the sidewalk a bad thing here? Like, I'm going to fuck you up so bad that you shit on the sidewalk? No, we'll like, see who shits I, on the right, sidewalk. Like, like, I'm not going to be shitting on the sidewalk. You'll be shitting on the sidewalk if you fuck with me. But why are you <laughs> shitting on the sidewalk in the first place? I'm thinking because of, like, dogs. scared? Oh, I'm thinking of dogs. Like, shitting on the sidewalk is or, illegal? Oh, oh, or is it like a power move? Like, you fuck with me? We'll see who shits on the sidewalk. I'll take a shit right on your sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> no? You don't think so? I've never heard this expression in my life, and I still don't understand what it means, and I'm still trying to dissect it. If anybody knows the answer or has a best guess, is it asserting dominance? When Joan Allen got this script, she got to that line and was like, I'll take this part. Sounds good. She's like, I'm a gritty villain, (laughs) female in power. It's like having a filet mignon and burning it. Why would you put these people in the movie... I mean, she at least got to be a villain. E. McShane has to just be like a sort of wise old sidekick, but... But not even. He said, uh, I'm actually on pro- parole and they were going to let me out, but I had something called something syndrome and I couldn't leave the prison. <laughs> right, That's exactly what they say. Yeah, like he's in the prison voluntarily. I don't know. They gloss over it. Here's the one thing that this movie does do well. It does its weird little... Like, if it was really a pay-per-view show, mm-hmm. how it introduces the character. The show within the show is great. The show within the show is really good. Here's a question I had for you about Pachinko. Okay. Pachinko is one of the other drivers. He's the head of, like, the Aryan Brotherhood. Right. He's not American. Right. And he wears a Confederate flag patch. And the name Pachinko, to me, it would be Russian. Yeah, I, feel I think like he's supposed to be Russian or some Eastern European. He has an Irish accent. <laughs> is he I Irish? Accent. I, no, I think he's some kind of European. But why is he the head of the Aryan Brotherhood? Why does he have a Confederate flag patch? And he's just—he's just evil for the sake of being evil. Like I actually really like Machine Gun Joe's character. He gets a little depth. But Pachinko—they let him out of prison to go kill Jason Statham's wife. Which why did he do that? He could have escaped. Right. What's weird is 
Yeah, it's not like they do that to let him be free. Like, he goes and kills somebody's wife, and then he goes right back to prison and has to still be in the death race? Well, it is established that Joan Allen's warden character is telling everyone that if... They're going to get out. They're going to get out if you do this bad thing. So, Frankenstein's navigator is this girl named Case, and if Case helps kill the original Frankenstein before he wins his fifth race, she'll get out. If Jason Statham wins this final race, he'll get out. Probably if Pachinko killed Statham's wife, he'll get out. Here's the thing that I think is a crazy power move. Joan Allen is giving everyone their release papers. All right, she's like, I already drew up the paper. Here you go. Here's the paperwork. (laughs) Just make it out alive. And it's totally a power move because she knows she's already rigged it so they'll die. But then when everyone, like, escapes or whatever, they have their release papers. So it's all, the paperwork's in order? Right. This is a weird movie where the criminals (laughs) have all their paperwork in order. Right. It made no sense at the end case, like, even though she's, you know, not trustworthy, she finally kind of comes along and she's like, don't worry, I'll be part of this plan to help Jason Statham and Machine Gun Joe escape. And instead of, you know, being killed or being thrown in prison for longer... I'll just get out because I, have my I already have my paperwork. My paperwork in order. And, like, wouldn't they just, like, beat them and take their paperwork away? Right. Everybody is evil and corrupt in this. They're just like, oh, no, you already have your paperwork? Well, I guess there's nothing we can do. <laughs> I don't know. It didn't make any sense. Well, I love that, though, that she's just, like, <laughs> giving out release papers left and right. <laughs> all right. So you mentioned Pachenko. So my favorite part of the movie is that we get to meet all the racers and we get to like, see the graphics on them. But what I don't like is you get to know some better than others. So we get to know this guy, Hector Grimm. He's a real psychopath. Lists, like, gives all his stats. Like, he's killed six people off the track and nine people on. I like him because his name is Hector Grimm and they call him the Grim Reaper. So he has a pun name and he has a big heart on for Joan Allen. Oh, yeah. He's in love with Joan Allen. Which it's I the think baddest is in the air. funny. I do too. I don't know. So I like him. We got 14K, who we met in the prequel. Who is the person I'm rooting for the most in the death race? I'll be honest. Yeah, I was rooting for him. They say he has a degree from MIT. Right. Which they would have gotten into more about why he's in prison. Also, has he killed more people? I thought 14K reflected how many kills he had. And in this one, he only has like nine. Right, he had less. I think they're starting over his stats. They're not counting the people that he killed back in the cage matches. Okay. They're starting over his stats in this new sport. And, I mean, he's just a legacy. He's like a 10th generation triad. Right. I love him. Then there's Pachenko we talked about. Then there's this guy, Travis Colt. They give him a big buildup, like, oh, he's a former NASCAR driver. Then he's killed, like, immediately by Jason Statham. I think to establish best driver dominance. That was actually a really cool death. He, like, threw napalm on him and then threw a cigarette lighter and set him on fire. It was pretty cool. No. <laughs> uh, that was the only part I liked. Then, okay, so, the, and then there's Frankenstein, and then there's Machine Gun Joe. So that's our top six. Then when they start racing, there's nine cars, and we get like a board, and the board shows that there's three other people. There's a guy named Syad who gets killed like immediately, immediately by the Grim Reaper. There's a guy named Carson. I don't even know when he died. Yeah. And there's a guy named Riggins who they never even show his face. No, but. I mean, you have to Who's have Riggins. You have to have these filler characters. No, 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 no. I want in my movie you would get all nine people, their faces, their names, their stats, their background, and then you could kill them right away. But like, I want to know who they are. But so my question is, 
when these death races, they're three days long. What if by the end of day three, six people are alive? Like, then it's whoever. Well, here's the thing. How we do you we, win? We never see the end of a race, so I have no idea. Is there a finish line that you go across? We never get to see anybody win. I don't know. So, yeah, I think if there were six people alive, whichever one gets over the finish line, they win. Ah, oh. Then there's just a whole bunch of stuff that happens that who cares? Like, for example, Machine Gun Joe puts a cut, a razor blade cut on his face every time he has a kill. He reads the Bible. He has all this weird depth of character. Pachinko and Jason Statham fight each other. And almost to the death, but then the cops stop him from revenge and say, you're going to have to do that on right. on the track. Which but he does. Lists, stabs Pachinko <laughs> in the back. I like and that. And like, there's just so much weird extra stuff that I don't get. There's a secret room where Joan Allen is building something, building something. Oh, right. The Dreadnought. And they're building it up. And then they release it. And it's the Dreadnought, like you said. Which is like a train filled with guns? (laughs) I mean, yeah. I didn't care about the Dreadnought. No, they destroyed it really quickly, too. Right. It was pretty easy to take down. I actually, like, I didn't really care about all the racing stuff. So I liked the fight backstage with Pachenko. I liked seeing, you know, Machine Gun Joe slicing his face, getting some of that characterization. No, I would like that better than the Death Race. But if the focus is the Death Race, why are we doing this stuff? I personally like that better, too. Right. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, you can't just have all racing, I guess. you got to have uh, some balance. Also, I want to know, Jason Statham is covered in tattoos. Are those his character's tattoos, or are those Jason Statham tattoos? I wonder the same thing, because they're real bad. And Does he have bad tattoos like that? No, I can see, that's the thing, too, is they have to be fake prison tattoos. They're weird. They were like tic-tac-toe. Right. A, B, C, D. It didn't make sense. <laughs> I didn't see that one. Yeah, he had like a spider web elbow. I don't know. Also, we should mention the prison guard in this movie. Oh, I liked him. The little evil little shit. Oh, he had his little slick down haircut and he was such a little crony to Joan <laughs> Allen. He was so gross. This poor actor, because his face just screams like... Yeah, like little weasels henchman. Henchman cop. Uh, white supremacist. <laughs> he just has a face that, like, if you go to central casting, right? That poor guy. <laughs> well, hey, he's getting work. Well, so then, so there's a part, and part of the reason I like the characterization for Machine Gun Joe is that instead, like, it didn't make sense that that was the main rival because he had a beef That's with Frankenstein. It. Yes. And then when Jason Statham comes in, he's not Frankenstein. So like. There's no reason for him to have beef. So I actually did like it that Jason Statham pulls him aside and is like, look, this system is rigged. They're never going to let either of us out. It doesn't matter if you win or not. So let's come up with a plan together and let's escape. Right. So this is where I didn't like it, though, because Jason Statham's wife was murdered while cooking onions (laughs) by Pachinko. He finds out it's Pachinko when he does the little gunshot move. He wants to get revenge on him. He does kill him. He gets out of the car. He breaks, breaks his, his neck, neck on the course. Got big um, ratings. And then there's still like 40 minutes left in the movie. Because he was just um, a tool. Obviously, Joan Allen is the real villain. And him and Machine Gun Joe have a rivalry, but then they team up. I wrote in big letters, who cares? I did not care about that. Because also... 
Machine Gun Joe had beef with Frankenstein just because Frankenstein was winning over him and he right, wanted was, to escape. Right. It seemed like it was personal, but there was no, there was nothing actually there. So for me, you ended the movie too soon by killing Pachinko. Right. Because I think you were invested in the wife killing angle. Of course. <laughs> what other angle should I be invested in? The racing. I think that's what other people cared about. The people writing this movie were like, Oh, women are expendable. That's right, true. Exactly. That's true. So they were like, the real outcome <laughs> is will he get out of here? And then will he hook up with Case in Mexico? Okay. Can we talk about when the navigators all get off their women's prison bus? <laughs> and it looks like a... Like a... Music video <laughs> right. for the Pussycat Dolls. So they all get off the bus and they're all wearing this outfit. It's like the same outfit. Lowrider jeans and these crop tops. But I've never seen anyone, like, these women had to set their boobs to bounce. <laughs> Wait, is that a setting that you can yeah. set them at? Yeah, you gotta set what? them. When you walk down the street, there's average bounce. But I think if you put a pep in your step, you set oh, them to gotcha, bounce. gotcha, gotcha. So they're all doing this extra bounce. And this song comes on. That's not a real song, but it's also not a good song. No, it was real corny. It was real corny. It's like opens up with like, whoop, I'm sexy. <laughs> do you think all these poor prison women, what, do they throw low-rise jeans at them? Like they have to get out of their prison clothes? Is what? anyone wearing prison clothes? No. Also, once again, this is not what women in women's prisons look like. As established in the last <laughs> one, I've been to women's prisons. This is not what they look like. I just can't imagine, like, I want to see what's going on on the other side. Like, hey, ladies, here are your clothes. Right. Make sure when you get off the bus, you look real sexy. <laughs> yeah. Set those boobs to bounce. <laughs> but then, also, nobody cares about you and... Right, you'll probably die, and it doesn't really matter. Right, because you're expendable. If you win five races as the navigator, do you also get to go free? Do they ever establish that? We don't know. Very strange. But, um, okay, so the end is that they do escape. What I want to know is, didn't anybody think it would be a bad idea to have a train traveling, leaving the island? They just hop on a train and ride the rails out like hobos. Right. Nobody <laughs> thinks like, hey, maybe we shouldn't have a train rolling out in the middle of the death race. There were so many questionable things. And, like, I, a lot of, like, they don't realize by the time... The train arrives wherever it was going that Frankenstein and Machine Gun Joe are missing. And maybe you should search the train. I wasn't 100% sure about the ending, though, because because it's a mask, Case agrees to put on the mask and get taken as Frankenstein. Right. And goes back to prison. But then she has her papers, so she gets out. But so did Frank. <laughs> I mean, so did uh, Jason Statham. Who knows? All I know is oh, they go down to Mexico. So did Jensen. Ames. No, I'm not, was, I'm not using that he name. He was named after a car. Yeah, that was stupid. I'm not using that name. It's better than Carl Lucas, but it's not by much. Well, I should mention, I didn't. you mentioned it in the intro, but what I got wrong was oh, right. really hanging my hat on the Carl Lucas <laughs> angle. But you were half right because they play the same character, essentially. They're both Frankenstein. I like you're being very generous, but... <laughs> half point. <laughs> so they go down to Mexico. Then Case shows up in a car. She's like, oh, sorry, it took me a long time to get here. I guess we're all going to hang out and be friends working as mechanics hang in Mexico. Hang on for a second, though. Let's go back to when Hennessy 
That's the warden's name, by the way. That's oh, Joan right. Allen's character. Right. She gets blown up. Yeah. With a with a gift. Right. So the, she planted a bomb on Frankenstein's car, thinking she was going to blow him up. Coach was too smart for that. He took the bomb out, and then he gave it back to her as a gift. But like, who how, was that picture of? I couldn't. That was a picture of the stepdad. So when Joan Allen was threatening Jason Statham, she was like, "Do you want your little Piper to grow up with this guy as her dad?" That that will be her foster dad if you don't do this for me. Oh, and she also said, "Do you really think that you're the best father for this little girl?" Trying to like undercut him and his. You're her dad. Of course, he was the best father for her. Well, that's very weird. I mean, he even says that in the in the ending montage, which I wanted to get to. He was like, "I might not be perfect, but I love this little girl more than anything." I think it's because he's a rough and tumble. He doesn't know about being a dad. He's a blue collar criminal type guy. What? I don't know. Well, here's some evidence that he might not be the best father, though. He's talking to Machine Gun Joe. They're hanging out. They're fixing a car together. Case pulls up in a car. Several minutes have gone by, and all of a sudden, he's like, "Oh, I got somebody for you to meet." Then he pulls a baby out of a car. Yeah. Was this baby just sitting in the car the whole time? Yeah. Like, it's not like a four-year-old who was back there with an iPad. It's like a baby. Well, So he might not be the best dad. (laughs) You have to set a baby down when you're working on a car. You can't just take it (laughs) under the the hood with you. What? You can't just leave a baby in a car while you work? Very strange. I think the whole thing is very strange. The whole thing reminded me of Fast and the Furious, but like light or yeah, it has some Fast and Furious vibes, I guess. I mean, it did seem too. Remember when we watched Fast and Furious, we were like, "Oh, this is a two thousand movie," and then this is two thousand eight, but still very feels like two thousand. Do you have anything else? Are you ready for the two big questions? I am ready. Okay, what did you like better, Death Race Two or the original Death Race? This question was really hard, and I was thinking about it the whole time we were watching because I thought Jason Statham for sure the first one, but I think I'm going with the sequel. To my surprise. To my own surprise. Same. I I thought there was no way, because I didn't really like the sequel. I thought there was no way that the first one wasn't going to be a better movie. It had Jason Statham. I'm also going with the sequel, I think. Okay, that makes me feel better about my choice. It just, um, it was worse. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was worse. Somehow. Unbelievably, it was worse. Now, when we count this later, would we count this as the sequel or the original? <laughs> no, still the original. But right. uh, Now, what do you like better, this movie or the movie you came up with? I'm 100% going with the movie I came up with. Because I did not like this movie. It was hard to watch. So I'm going with my street racing. I'm going with my coat of honor. Not in a prison. An animal and a weird vehicle. <laughs> what about you? I'm going with mine because one, mine had a winner. And <laughs> mine was going to have more action, more fighting from Jason Statham. More kicking. So those two things alone. Would have made it better. Yeah. All right. Well, we're putting the Death Race franchise behind us. I'm going to declare myself the winner of the Death Race. <laughs> well, all right. As always, I'm Patrick. And I'm Ellie. We'll see you next time. Bye. Fuck with me and we'll see who shits on the sidewalk.